Salutations and welcome back to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ. He's Steve. Sony wins big in episode 299 today, December 9th, 2022. We're going to be going right into our topic of the day, which is the Game Awards 2022. So there's no need to fast forward whatsoever. But before we do, make sure you nominate that subscribe button and um, give an award to that notification bell. That way you will not miss a single solitary episode of Joygasm that drops once a week. Each week. So yet another Game Award ceremony slash show has come and asked. End the books. End the books. You know, the uh, the awards show is kind of like E3 light. Yes. Nowadays. I, I agree. think there was actually more world premieres and game showcases, game trailers than actual like awards given out or like award ceremonies, acceptance speeches, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I think there was more games than awards for the games. Yeah, I think they... Well, and I'm not complaining at all. I actually really like seeing other types of premieres or announcements or perhaps trailer updates to pre-existing uh, games in development. Just because... for Okay, first of all, I just love seeing more of footage. Course, I mean, yes. Who doesn't like seeing more footage of uh, your favorite upcoming games? But at the same time, too, you know, it's the, the show itself is a little different than, say, the Grammys or... The Oscars. Oscars. In the sense that, like, typically you have more of a refined flow of things where, like, you know, you have the host who's cracking jokes and making small talk. I mean, ideally, like, the good hosts are the ones that can really mm. just keep, keep things moving in, in a, an interesting, mm. fun, chuckle kind of way. Like, oh. Ha! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and see, Hollywood, you know, they're of actors so like naturally it just works very naturally for them anyway hmm. and it's different for them uh, at the game awards because you're essentially um, you're watching a bunch of folks who tend to be more introverts who, who are uh, very smart and, and talented at what they do but they're not they're not on like a, a public platform where they're having to um, brush up on their social skills and stuff hmm. so I think it is a little interesting because you know, like like when you see the acceptance speeches, for instance, I wouldn't say all of them, but I mean, there was a, a significant amount where you're just kind of like, okay, it's not as like, I don't know what the word is, like glitz and glamoury as say sure, the Oscars. Glitzy, yeah. And even the Oscars, like if you think about like people who win at the Oscars, I would say at least half the folks who get up to give an acceptance speech get pretty boring fast. Yes. You know, it, you have certain very key actors or directors or you know, people of interest where like they get up and they say something perhaps profound or something that's memorable. And, you know, those are, of course, the, the highlights and things that people remember. But yeah, it, it is interesting. But I, for one, really like how the Game Awards does embrace that. And we've talked about in the past about how when it comes to like them taking a commercial break, I'm into the commercials because it's right. all gaming <laughs> as opposed to like anything else. If I'm watching <laughs> another TV show or whatever, then I, I hit the mute button and I walk off and get a drink or a right. snack or something. One thing I noticed about this show too was that uh, in previous shows past, it seemed like when someone got an award, it was like, oh, it's just kind of new. So, uh, thanks. <laughs> like, I guess I'll sit down now. You know, they do the little thing where they get, like look at the camera and they're like, thanks. They just kind of like slide slowly <laughs> off frame. They're like moving right along to the next category. Like, All right, <laughs> next one. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's hear it for them, huh? Yeah. Huh? yeah. Yeah. Okay. But now it seems like it actually, you know, since there's been a few shows mm-hmm. and it's got some popularity and, you know, Games have kind of surpassed Hollywood in terms of quality. Well, nowadays. definitely sales. I mean, like, like yeah. They the video game market is making billions of dollars more a year than Hollywood. Yeah, and it just I mean it shows. I mean Hollywood's putting out a bunch of crap yeah. recently. I mean there's just not a whole lot of 
Great movies worth talking about, Russ. Anyway, I don't want to get too sidetracked on that. But uh, so, but now when people will accept the award and they, they, they're like, it's, it means something. I mean, you could see the emotion in their face and I mean, they're very grateful for the award. And um, I mean, it, it's, it's got some weight to it now. It does. And I feel like even Jeff, who's the the host of the show, you know, I think this has been his pet project for years now. Sure. And you can just see over the course of time, the show has gotten more refined, more professional. The production values have gone up. I think mm. we've even commented about this over the last one or two years. And, and it, it continues to do so. And so I think that's fantastic. I think it's, it's great to see mm. them be able to um, continue to like iterate on it and refine it. It is funny, you know, speaking of Hollywood, this particular Game Awards actually had a couple of really well-known actors that came out and gave awards. But what's funny is, is that like you can tell that they were not very shy about expressing how they felt like a little bit of like a fish out of water because they're used to the Oscars, right? Like they're used to like Tinseltown, you know what I'm saying? Make you a star. But it's different <laughs> when, when they're at um, the game awards. And so like, they're not necessarily among their peers. They're more of like a special guest at the sure. game awards, that sort of thing. But you can see how like, you know, that is a, a byproduct of it becoming more legit. Legit, right? Is you, you, if you can attract people like Al Pacino to come, that's really cool. At the same time, it is really funny though to watch him because he's he he struggled to like come up with like something that was relatable to the crowd because this crowd is just it's a different crowd. Sure. They're fans of his, like they're yeah, fans yeah, yeah. of going to the movie, right? But um, he's just like, yeah, you know, I, I don't really play video games. My kids do, and I, uh, my kids, I watch them. Yeah. Yeah, the stories, <laughs> yeah, they're fantastic. I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm happy yeah. to be here, but uh, I picked out my favorite black scarf. Today. Yeah, <laughs> I'm probably dressed better than Ollie is. Um, thanks for watching my movies. Uh, watch The Godfather at some point. Uh, you got my paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it, it was funny to see that. But I am the Elden Ring. I got rings on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh boy, it was funny. I will actually say that probably the parts that I got more, I don't know, uh, entertainment out of you could sure, say okay. was yeah. more of the the commercials, like the well, either the commercials or some of the the actual like you know announcements during the show yeah i'd say so Mm -hmm. because uh some of the world premieres yes are kind of like not up my alley i I really didn't care i'm like i okay i mean a lot of the games actually i would say probably the majority of the games they show i'm just kind of like eh being me (laughs) probably not like up my alley kind of they probably weren't going (laughs) to attract me you know i was i was probably only interested in like three or four (laughs) of them if you're a curmudgeon uh, and yeah. cankerous like yourself. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I'm probably not going to play a bunch of those. But um, I actually made a list of some of the things that, uh, you know, I, I for one, oh. was a little fuzzy. I, I forgot that there were certain mm. titles that I wanted to run by you that we'll do so in just a moment. I uh, do think it's worth noting that Sony won big. They did, Russ. You know, Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok were kind of going to fisticuffs on the awards. Mm. Um, I think God of War Ragnarok probably garnered more, like in terms of uh, quantity, they Mm. they garnered more awards. But then Elden Ring won the coveted game of the year, which, you know, I think is not really too much of a surprise just because it is just, it's so, so popular with everybody who's played the game. But having said that, it wasn't, I don't feel like it was a cakewalk for them either because you had um, a number of other titles up for the same award that were also heavy hitters. I mean, God of War Ragnarok is a heavy hitter unto itself. Horizon Forbidden West was another one that was a big heavy hitter. Um, Stray. You know, Stray is like, <laughs> I haven't, we haven't played Stray, but like I have, I have colleagues at work who've played it and they actually find it to be a very unique game mm. experience. It's a very original game. So we'll have to, I don't know, maybe we'll we'll pick it up and try it out at some point. Yeah, Russ, I'll let you get that one. What was surprising to me, though, Steve. Yes, Russ. 
was how Horizon Forbidden West got shut out. That's I don't think they true. won a single award mm. last night. Nah. And I'm, I feel bad for him because like I'm currently playing through the game right now. Like I, I, I've, I've probably got at least 60 hours into the game now. Sure. And fantastic game. Like the, it's an improvement on the original in every sense of the word. Um, all kinds of new things that they have introduced uh, to like the, the, in terms of the world, how you, how you traverse it, the, the swimming aspect of it. That is something that, um, is not an afterthought or a marketing ploy at all. Like there is a lot of like underwater sequences. So they've completely, you know, introduced this new form of exploration and discovery within, not to mention the fact when you're fighting like, you know, some of the, the cyborgs and stuff underwater, that's a whole new level of threat. So that's just one little part of it, but they just, they really did get shut down at the, uh, the awards. Yeah. Russ, what are you going to do? Sorry to hear that, but I'm sure you are. I know nothing of the game. I haven't played it myself, so uh, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about getting that game for you because oh, actually, come on. I want to get you both games so that way you could start because the story yeah. resumes where the last one left off. So like, you need to play the first one and then get into the second one, uh, especially now that you have a PS5, Steve. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I, uh, but the, I have so much other other stuff to play, Russ. Also, do I? <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna um, add those two to your stack <laughs> <laughs> yeah you need some alloy in your life steve alloy i already have some alloy alloy mm-hmm. i trust <laughs> you yeah, that's right <laughs> were you happy to see that elden ring got game of the year or were you hoping for god of war because i know no. you've, been, you've been playing a lot of ragnarok lately there steve well i'm playing a lot of i i was playing a lot of elden ring uh-huh Throughout the course of the year, most of the year, yes. most of the year. Uh-huh. Um, I, I was, I would, okay. <laughs> so, okay, okay, okay. Elden Ring. W- one thing I will say about Elden Ring, yes, versus Ragnarok, mm-hmm. is that I think Elden Ring got more people talking. There was more of a buzz. There was plenty of buzz. I mean. Brrr, about uh, Ragnarok, uh-huh. but it got other gamers like myself to play a from software game sure. that might have otherwise not even touched it. Yeah, and then not only that, there was like a, there was tons of content out there of people trying new stuff. Hey, I've discovered this. Hey, you got to get this. I mean, how many times have we watched you know animated movies? I don't know if I want to mention the guy's channel or not. I mean, maybe we should, but uh, I mean, there's some. <laughs> Funny stuff that people have made. F that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Um, anyway. This <laughs> our show. Anyhow, uh, so there's a lot of stuff with, with Elden Ring that was just absolutely fantastic. Um, both games are awesome. Mm-hmm. I think Elden Ring squeaked out more popularity because of um, just more people were talking about it. Yeah. I mean, you have the from software community that is a very dedicated, hardcore loyal community toward any kind of game that from software comes out with at the same time, God of war has had a very healthy community as well, filled with loyal fans. And you have to remember that they, I think they came out with like three previous God of war games before God of War 4 for the PS4 and then God of War Ragnarok. So, I mean, it's been around a like, while, like I would say 20 years ish, yeah. something like that. So, you know, each one has their own respective group of folks who just absolutely adore the game. But I will say that the previous God of War, here's what I would say is the, the original three God of Wars uh-huh. didn't have that much of a community. No, it, I mean, it did. Like I, I remember, um, Having certain friends who uh, were, you know, they, they started playing God of War back in the day. They were very into it. I mean, like, they, they were showing me the game. They're like, oh, Rush, you got to try this. You know, and that was back when um, I think the first God of War came out for, like, the PS2. Mm. I want to say. It, I think it was PS2. And then, like, the sequels came out on, like, PS3 and that sort of thing. But I didn't own a PS2 or PS3. And so I, I was did. over at, uh, you know, some, some buddies' houses and, and they were loving it. And honestly, I mean, when I was watching them kind of show me one of the levels or whatever, 
I was impressed. I was blown away at like how cinematic everything was. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's been there for a while. I mean, it's been there, but it hasn't had like the amount of popularity as it has now. I would say it, it continues to grow over time, which is like any kind of title, like the more sequels you have, as long as, as, it, as it you know either maintains that bar of quality or, or improves upon it. Like Halo, for instance, like I would say, um, not the most recent one withstanding, but like, you know, Halo one versus like Halo reach. Like you had this constant building of fan base, right? Yes. And no, I mean, so I don't want to get too sidetracked with Halo, but I mean like, you know, after like three, I would say some people liked reach and some people didn't like reach. I did, but there's a, there's a lot of folks who didn't really care for it. I liked it And too. then once Four came out, I was pretty much done. I'm like, this is not going anywhere. And five just cemented those feelings. And then they were trying desperately to get everybody back. Yeah. Um, so um, it's more as, of like the, like the bungee titles because Halo four was done by three, four, three. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the more the game came out, the more, the, the more the versions of the game they made, it, the, the popularity didn't increase the popularity. I would say decreased. Oh, I, I, are you saying after Reach or? Yes. Yeah. Um, and so. Agreed. Trying to finish this idea. So the first iterations of God of War, I would say, okay, yes, they had a following, but it's not nearly as popular as it was or as it is now. Mm. But when it came out for PS4, I mean, that got a lot of attention. I think that stole a lot of, like, the the thunder, maybe, um, versus this one where everybody's thankful to play the game again, and it's a beautiful experience, but it's not a very, like, new experience, I would say, versus Elden Ring, where I've never played Elden Ring, and a lot of people never played a From Software Elden Ring-type game. Yeah. Then that, I mean, it brought tons of more people to the community. It did, yeah. No, for sure. It, it definitely did. Yeah. I'm looking at the uh, the list of, of awards and stuff on IGN, actually. Um, and you can take a look at it here. So, like, huh. I, I won't go through all these, but just the big heavy hitters. So, I mean, obviously, you know, Elden Ring won Game of the Year. Congrats mm. to them. They also got Best Game Direction. Those are two very yeah. highly coveted awards. Uh, but then God of War came in and, and made their presence known. You know, they got Best Narrative. That's right. Uh, oh, Best Art Direction did also go to Elden Ring, so they got three. Uh, but then we went back to God of War for Best Score and Music, Best mm-hmm. Audio Design, mm-hmm. God of War winner, mm-hmm. Best Performance. So we got to see Christopher Judge give a speech. And uh, what's interesting about that is, like, first of all, that was one of the highlights for me of the entire show because that was a heartfelt speech. It did last a bit long, but at the same time, it was so sincere. And like, I loved just what was consisting of his, his, um, his acceptance essentially it wasn't just like i want to thank my lawyer i want to thank my producer right. i want to thank my agent like he actually were, was thanking certain types of individuals who are more personal to him as well as as professional did you enjoy that i did there's a there's a clip that's out on youtube where he is being interviewed by somebody about the role he was playing as yeah. kratos and um and he gets misty-eyed during the interview when he starts talking about his family. Have you seen the clip? No. Uh, and he doesn't go into it. And at first, like when I saw the clip, I'm like, eh, this is kind of marketing. And yeah, but the more he spoke, I'm like, man, there's something there that he's obviously not wanting to uh, you know, open the window to that's just, you know, pretty personal to him. And he alluded to it basically in his speech, like with his kids, essentially. And so to me, uh, what I interpret that as... There was some personal sacrifice that he made in order to give us this great character or this greatly you know, acted character. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed like there was more that he wanted to say. Yeah. And didn't know how to say it. Right. Um, because there was a lot of emotion on his face. I, I, it just made me think that he had to go, go through some personal trials prior to getting the role of Kratos and other roles he's gotten since. Um, and you know, maybe had some trouble with his career or maybe, you know, maybe thinking I'm not going to be anything. What I, you know, this passion that I have being this behind the scenes voice, um, it's probably not going to work out. 
Well, and, and especially for him. So, I mean, they have him in motion capture suits, like yeah. for God of War, for instance. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he's not only lending his voice, but also he's giving the performance that you see as Kratos. Right. And, um, and that was the same thing that happened actually in the previous God of War title as well. I actually saw an interview with him for that particular game. And he was talking about, there was one particular part of the script that, that really called for some emotionality. And he was referring to like how for that particular instance, he thought of some kind of uh, personal life experience of his that he could tap into, but he wasn't sure if he should, because it was, you know, emotional. It was, it was very personal stuff, but, but he ended up, deciding to go into it and they, they showed like parts of, of, of his performance in the mocap suit. I mean, he's crying, he's got like stuff going on. And, um, but again, I think because he is so in touch with, um, those types of life experiences and how he, he can leverage those into a performance. I think that, that we all, benefit as gamers from that because the types, I mean, we've talked about with God of War Ragnarok, for for example, where we will see certain subtle body movements or facial expressions that are nuanced, but at the same time, it registers with us on a human level where we understand precisely what that was, even if there were no words associated with what was being like evoked so to speak. So yeah, I mean, I I think I definitely think it was well deserved because yeah. of what I've seen so far with uh, with Ragnarok. There's a he said something that that resonated with me. Uh, being a gamer, when uh, he was looking for and trying out for this job, or he yeah. was uh, um, trying auditioning is the word I'm thinking of. He was auditioning. Out. And being the voice in a video game just wasn't very appealing to him. Uh, like video games are for kids, they're not for adults. And and he got started back in, like when God of War first got started, which was like you know twenty ish years. Well, he ago. hasn't always been the voice of Kratos. There's been a couple other voices. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. He's been the later, like the latter Kratos, Kratos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but he hasn't always been like the voice. Think of the word crater. Crater. Kratos. Kratos. Yeah. 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 Not a bowel movement, Russ. No, no. Not a craptos. No, no. Um, Not by a long shot. <laughs> Anyhow, and so he he was kind of poopy pants about the whole thing. He was like, yeah, I, I mean, I'll do it. I need the money. I'll go ahead and do it. Whatever. I'm like the last pick, whatever. You know, and now he is getting this award for a game that's sold millions of copies. Al Pacino is handing him the award and he almost doesn't know what to think of it. Never thought he'd be there in his life. Like a game award, what's that? Who cares what that is? You know, like it's never going to amount to anything. Yeah. I don't know. I just saw the the emotion on his face and I just kind of, I, I, I thought, you know what? That's like I told you so moment. It's true. No, it's definitely true. So, no, it's... Yeah, it, it was definitely a treat to see him win that award and, and, and hear his speech. But hmm. if I go back to oh, some, yeah, of, go some back of the course. other awards that got a war one, Innovation in Accessibility was another one. We have Best Action Adventure Game. This is what surprised me a little bit simply because both A Plague Tale Requiem and Horizon Forbidden West were in the running for that. And I don't know, like just... Thinking about the sheer number of awards that God of War Ragnarok received already, it was like this this particular area could have been something that perhaps one of these other titles could have won. Speaking of which, not to say that like they they have to do that, but like you know, yeah. just looking at, it, I was thinking, you know, there's an awful lot of things I can do in Horizon Forbidden West that I can't do in God of War, like jump. Just saying, <laughs> I was surprised at how often Tunic was mentioned. Because oh, yeah. I I didn't really care for it that much. And I wanted to like it. I remember you were like selling me on the whole thing. Oh, it's going to be a big game. Like, yeah, what do you know? <laughs> and then like, I, I don't know how much you played it, but like after a, a short while, I'm like, I'm just done with it. And I never picked it back up and other games came out and I moved on. And then there it is, nominated for awards. <laughs> I, I'm, I missed something with that game, apparently. 
I played it. I, I, I don't know how far I got. I still mean to actually finish the mm. game itself. How many times have I heard that? Right? Tunic is, here's the deal. Tunic oh. came out during a time where like I started to play it because there wasn't anything else that was coming out. And then all of a sudden, all these other games started getting released. And so then I stopped playing Tunic and I haven't gone back yet. Ah. doesn't mean that I'm not interested in, in finishing the game. I think there's a lot of merit to the game. I think the game has a lot of cool stuff going for it. So yeah, I mean, I was not surprised at all to see Tunic at least nominated for a few of those different categories. Hmm. Well, good. Now, one of the things that I did pick up on that I wanted to talk to you about is the fact that I was pretty disappointed at the lack of Xbox presence when it comes to not only like like the the different announcements um, during the show, but even the fact that like if you think about it, I mean, Tunic probably was really the only kind of like Xbox ish <laughs> type of game that was nominated. Like if you think about like what I was talking about earlier, Sony had a great night. Like even with Elden Ring, Sony owns a percentage of From Software, so like. <laughs> They even like got game of the year to a certain extent in that regard because they helped to fund the thing. So, you know, if you think about, about not only the games that won big, but also the games that even got nominated, I mean, Sony was all over the place. Yeah. And I don't know. It's weird because we've talked about this um, multiple times just over the last couple of years in the sense that where are the games? You know, we keep seeing the Microsoft stable grow and grow. I don't even remember how many. I mean, they have like something like 20 first party studios now from after all their acquisitions. I can't remember exactly like what the, the correct number, the accurate number is. But, you know, you look at, at like an infographic of all the different studios that are under the Microsoft first party umbrella. Where are the games? <clears throat> yeah. You know, and like last year, for example, like last year we had Forza Horizon 5, which came out. Great game. Mm. We had Halo Infinite, which, you know, the single player campaign, it was fun to play. But I mean, they didn't have any co-op within the the, the single player campaign. campaign. And even the multiplayer was like, yeah, it was like lacking. Battle pass was weird. It just wasn't like at the level it should be for a Halo game. We go to this year. I can't think of a single first party game that they have released that's been like you know, a tent pole game. Neither can I. I mean, if you think about it, like all the games that we've been playing this year, like Elden Ring, the old, uh, that was, that took up at least half our year playing. Yeah. And then we, you know, I know I was playing some horizon forbidden West and we we're playing some God of war Ragnarok. I mean, it's been a Sony year, which I mean, I get it. Like sometimes like you have companies that do this whole ebb and flow, right? Where like certain high profile AAA games are in development. So therefore maybe there's a year where one of those two companies kind of becomes more quiet. Right. And then the following year they release some, some big hits or whatever, but I don't know. Like it was just one of those things where I was, I was watching it. And I was thinking, man, like literally the only kind of presence that Xbox had was Phil Spencer in the audience. And he didn't even look too impressed either. He was like, Oh, Phil Spencer. And he kind of went like, <laughs> yeah, he did. He's just like, yep. They made me come. <laughs> it's part of the deal. Part of the gig. I'm not going to answer any questions. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm here. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but I'm sure that that has to have passed, like, through his mind while he was there. Like, okay, yeah, we need some more, like, presence or representation. Surely something. I don't know. Because, I mean, I, I was even thinking about um, last year. What do you recall? Which game won game uh, of the year last year? I the it game was awards. Hades. Was it Hades? Was Hades last year? Maybe it was. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember which. Like, when was the last time that that Microsoft had an Xbox title that won game of the year at the Game Awards? And I, I don't know. It's uh, escaping the mind, so to speak. Yeah. Do you have any other comments about that, Steve? I've been, I've been the one doing most of the talking yeah, on no, that I particular mean, I, jogging point. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all true. I mean, mostly like Microsoft's presence there was like, uh, it's available for PlayStation and Xbox. We're yeah. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. Or this is just available for PlayStation. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I finally oh. have one. I can play it now. Oh, uh. 
I know what you're saying, Russ. It's disappointing, but uh, what are you going to do? They got to make some hard decisions, hard choices. What are you going to, you know? I do think that next year they're going to be coming out with some titles. They have to. They have delayed so many titles from various E3s, you know, where there's like, oh, it's going to be out next year. Oh, no, just kidding. It's going to be out the year after that. You know, you know let me, st- let me, oh, yeah, go ahead. Go right ahead, Steve. I did have the thought while watching the show. Uh-huh. If this kind of thing continues with Microsoft, is it worth it to get a new system when the next system comes out? Or is it just worth it just getting the the next PlayStation? Because if everything coming out is cross-platform that we enjoy playing for the most part, Mm -hmm. and then Sony has the better like first-party titles, why am I buying both systems? Why would I just buy a PlayStation at that point? Well, I, I think that question remains to be answered just because, I mean, my, again, Microsoft has a number of different types of, of studios under its belt that do have certain mm. IPs, whether they're original or they are pre-existing, that will become either first to Xbox or become exclusive to Xbox. And I think right now it's more of a matter of them shoring up all the talent and trying to correctly logistically allocate resources and everything else. But at some point it's like, guys, you got to come out with games. Like we're waiting on all these different titles. You've teased us with these like pre-rendered announcement trailers. We want to see the goods, you know? And I do, you know, I, I'm, I think, I hope I should say that in 2023, we will start to see more of these titles. We'll see Redfall. I don't know if Starfield will come out that, that year or not. But, um, you know, like, uh, what you call it? Hellblade two, I think is what it's called. Um, Sauna's sacrifice. There's probably gonna be another, I mean, I don't even think Forza Motorsport came out this year. I think they, no. they bumped it to next year. Yeah. Cause I think for like right. the regular Forza was supposed to come out this year. I think honestly they bumped it because Gran Turismo seven was coming right. out and they didn't want to compete against that. So they just figured, Oh, we'll just, we'll just release it the following year. Right. So that's probably what we'll get in 2023. I mean, the last Gears of War game came out when? Like three years ago? Four years ago? Yeah, but even that one too. I mean, Gears of War, you play one of them, it seems like you just played all of them. Yeah. And so even that's not a strong hitter anymore. Right. And I think like last year, I'm trying to remember what games I had at at the, yeah, as my favorite like top five. Mm -hmm. And Forza Horizon. For Microsoft, mm. Flight Simulator. Did I have Flight Simulator? I believe I, it. I, I believe I was, it was one of your top five. Yeah, I think I was. No, I don't think I. Um, I know I would. That was anticipated, mm. but uh, that was short lived, just because. You know, you you play. It takes forever to learn. It takes forever to download. Yeah, and then once you play it, and you've kind of seen a few things, it's not a game you're going to hurry back to. Yeah, maybe you maybe you considered it. Maybe you considered adding it to your top five, and maybe it got edged out by something else. I can't recall, yeah. but um, that's why podcast episodes are available, so you can go back and listen, check them out or watch them. Yeah, just check them out. Anyway, I think we've talked enough about that. I would like to talk about some of the announcements that I personally found interesting slash cool, and perhaps you do as well. Did you catch? The new trailer for Replaced, which was that cool yes. pixelated adventure that we had seen yeah. years prior. That looked awesome. Yeah, it did. Like, I cool. cannot wait to play that game. Yeah. Cross-platform? Is it cross-platform? Uh, I forgot. Probably I want to say yes. I want to say yeah. It's probably, yeah. But that, that game looked pretty pretty sweet. Oh, dude. Yeah. Like, it's just, the more I see it, I'm like, I'm, I was sold... When they had the the older trailer, right. and then they had this newer one, even it more even stuff. Better. I'm just like, yeah. golly, this looks good. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West DLC. That was the what was it called? Like Burn Shores or something yeah, like Burn Shores. Well, that's because like you know, they had the water there, and they had like the lava pouring out of the okay out of the things. Like, yeah, Burn Shores or something. That's right, because I think the description talked about how it. So 
the DLC takes place in LA and wow. how um, there's some kind of volcano. I think that's mm. being erupted along the fault line. Sounds about right. It's probably what all the lava is about. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, I, uh, for one, I'm being a big horizon fan. Uh, I very much am happy to see. I was curious. I was thinking surely they're going to come out with DLC, especially considering the fact that forbidden West came out in, I think February of this year. Mm. So, you know, it was like right around that time. And which is great because I haven't beaten the game yet. And I'll probably beat it this month, but then, you know, I'll wait about four months and then we got a nice little DLC goodness to come back into the game. DLC droppage. Exactly. Love myself some proper DLC droppage. I also wrote down, okay, so Death Stranding 2. Ah, come on. That, okay, the reason why I wrote that down was because I, for one, was not expecting a sequel at all. No. You know, because the first title ended up, I, I think it was in development for a while. Like, I mean, Hideo Kojima really was, was putting a lot of his TLC into that game. And then when it came out, I don't really know how it did commercially. I'm just, I'm not privy to like the sales numbers on that. I know that there were like, there was definitely a population of the gaming community that, that liked it. They were just like, for whatever reason, like, like they thought it was a great game but then you also had this other group of people who were just like, I don't understand what this is. This is like a walking simulator. Like, I don't understand like what the, the allure is. So you had these two camps and to see them come out with a sequel, I was like, Oh, okay. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I can't say that I'm necessarily excited for it. <laughs> I bought the first death stranding game. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and honestly, I do need to give it a fair shake in order to decide whether or not I like it or not. But definitely was surprised. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that one, you either love it or hate it. I mean, um, I played it basically because I bought your one of your PlayStations when you got one of the... the, like the That's right, yeah. The, the Millennium version. Uh, the of, or Pro? PS4 Pro. It was a PS4 Pro, but it was like the Millennium, like the, all the Chrome stuff around it. Yeah, something like that. So I played it, and I'm like, okay, what's this game all about? Because everything I'd seen beforehand, it was like, oh, this game's coming out. It's going to be cool. You're like, all right, what's it about? Like, I can't figure it out, but it's going to be awesome. And that was like everybody. It's got Norman Reedus in it. It doesn't matter what it's about. It's got Norman Reedus in it. I remember uh, wait, wait, wait. the announcer's name, uh, is it Je- it's Jeff Knightley, right? Je- yes. Oh, for the Game Awards. Yeah. For the Game Awards. Jeff Knightley. So I remember when he announced it at the other Game Awards, the previous one, and he was like... <laughs> Looks great. Uh, okay, cool. You know, and even he was almost at a loss for words. He's like, oh man, I really like you, you know, Hideo Kojima. You know, I, you know, completely honored that you're here. And he gave the guy a hug and everything like he's a big fan, but he didn't, he couldn't make sense of the game. Everybody else was just sitting there clapping. Good resolution. Graphics look good. Don't, can't figure it out. What's the story? Not and then sure I, what's going on. And then I played it and I thought it was going to be something like I, there has to be some action in here. I mean, there's scary parts. Yeah. And there were, I mean, like I got far enough to where like I did experience some of that. It's intense. I mean, like, like it is, there is something to be said for it. So that's, that's why I'm saying I'm not writing it off. I need to play it longer and see what's going on, see if I really like it or not. But I, I can tell you, I've gotten far enough to where I've I've come in contact with some of the baddies. It's, you know, it's, it's a thriller yeah. for sure. And by the way, it's not Knightley, it's Keeley. Jeff Keeley. Yes. Godly. I'm horrible at names. It's okay. That's the, I. Uh, that's why I'm here. That's why you're here. Sometimes I mess up on names and you help me out as well. The thing is, is that I'm, I'm more excited about new DLC. Like, for example, I could go back and continue playing Death Stranding or... The Witcher, you know, yeah. New Game Plus, you know, next gen updates coming. I'm like, ooh, you know, <laughs> or, uh, you know, there might be, I, I've, I've been dying to get back into Red Dead Redemption 2. I've only played it yes. once. I haven't played it twice. Yeah. I've been dying, you know, so I have that weighing on me too, plus new games that are coming out. And so Death Stranding is a very low priority. Sure. Speaking of RDR2, I am yeah. still trying to convince Nick that he needs to play the game. Like he, he hasn't played it. He barely, 
literally played like the beginning part of it when like you're kind of being introduced to the game mechanics. But like he was like, oh, it's too much like real life. Like I don't like having to feed my character and take naps. And I'm like, no, dude, you don't have to do that. You can if you want me. Like, no, you've got to play this game. Like this game is a life changer. Like it's one of the best games ever. And he's just, he's not playing it. Like he, he's, he has some kind of mental block where he just feels like it's not like the game that for him that he would like. I'm like, dude, you loved the first RDR. Like this game is like twice as good as the first RDR. Like you have no idea what you're missing out on. I'm amazed. I mean, the game, we're going to get too distracted here, but, but (laughs) the game has so much environment. Oh yeah. That you sitting at your campfire you get immersed. Eating something or taking a nap. Yeah. And, and it's not like you, you're you resting for eight hours. I mean, you are in the game, but like you don't have to sit there and be like, can I wake up now? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it doesn't take much time at all. And then sometimes you wake up and you're covered with bandits and like, like they've tried to rob you. Sure. Or like it's even entertaining when like I hadn't slept in like four days or ate anything and he's just trudging around like, Hey, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, what's wrong with him? Like, I don't get it. And I'm like, I haven't slept in four days or eaten anything. I would, like, he's starving and he's exhausted. Yeah. Anyway, it's true. No, it's definitely yeah. true. It's um, funny. But we got we got to stay on him because yeah. God, he's he simply has to play through that game. Anyway, yeah. Moving right along, Star Wars Jedi Survivor finally had a trailer come out. We're both fans of the first game, uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which was uh, one of, I would say, one of the best Star Wars games ever, period. That's true, Russ. That is true. I wasn't, I so I'm looking forward to that one, but I'm not like crazy excited about it. Why not? Not crazy hyped. Why not, Steve? um, it, It just looked like more of the same, which... I like, but it didn't look drastically different. They're probably expanding upon what they've already started with. And you're, you're certainly going to different worlds. Mm -hmm. The fact that you can ride uh, on top of like different types of creatures and beasts, I thought was great. It was kind of a callback to empire strikes back when we were all introduced to the tauntauns, Mm. you know, things like that, which is uh, just a, a lot of fun, but I cannot wait. A uh, buddy of mine actually is mm. working. Actually, I think I have two friends that are working at Respawn on that game. Super excited to check it out. So, uh, this is one I want to get your take on. Oh, yeah. um, so, I just wrote it down on the list Final Fantasy 16. Is that a game that you are eagerly anticipating, or do you feel kind of ho hum about? I'm ho hum about it. Okay. I, I think I've kind of passed on. Final Fantasy. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I think I'd be looking forward to like the if they if they came out and said, hey, well, here's the next iteration for Final Fantasy VII remake. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'd be excited again. Or if they were announcing, hey, we're remaking Final Fantasy VIII yeah. or nine, I'd be like, okay, here we go. But so many of the Final Fantasies that have come out are like the same exact game, and the characters all look the same. I don't yeah. know. It's just, it's hard to really get stoked about it. Okay, fair enough. Now, from software, actually had a trailer for Armored Core Six. Right. I've never. I don't think we. I had you know. Yeah, neither one of us have played any of the the previous Armored Core installments. I don't even know they made it, honestly. I had heard just be just from doing research on From Software, I the name sounds familiar, right. but I do think that f- just judging from the the last couple of games that I've played with, well, not with, but like just mm. from From Software, it's so weird to say that. Um, <laughs> this definitely piques my interest too because it's such a different game. It's it's right. a you know uh, I I at least I anticipate that the game mechanics are significantly different than say that of Elden Ring mm. or um, um, Shadows Die Twice. Yes. Sekiro. But anyway, I, times. I think, I, I mean, I'm interested. Are you interested in that game? I am. Yeah. Especially okay. after the, my experience with, uh, Elden, with Ring. Elden Ring. Yeah. I'm it's some mech warrior action going yeah, on. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And the game, I mean, we didn't see any gameplay, but those cinematics, 
Those are legit. It's like, man, you guys <laughs> paid a pretty penny to have those yeah. things rendered. Yeah, yeah for sure. Looks awesome. <laughs> Jeez. And, and imagine like, you know, what they did with Elder Ring, for example, think about what they could do in a sci-fi environment with on next-gen systems yeah. you know, with their game engine. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. Cyberpunk 2077 also has a DLC drop called Phantom Liberty, which we already know about. But the big surprise was that Idris Elba is going to be in yeah. the DLC, which I'm like, you know what? That's a nice addition. It I like nice having me some Keanu Reeves in my Cyberpunk. Now I'm going to get some Idris Elba in there. Ooh, good choice. I'm yeah. very excited indeed. Still haven't beaten the game yet, Russ. Oh, you have so many games you have not beaten yet, Steve. It did look like what we saw had a little graphics bump, too. Does that look like that to you? Yeah, perhaps. I mean, I, they're always working on that no, game. They've no. always been improving. You yeah. know, despite the fact that they had a rocky launch, I do appreciate how <laughs> rocky. they've been... Avalanche. Yeah. <laughs> they've been systematically making more updates, more bug fixes, more drops, more, like, kind of, like, Trying to make visual amends. updates and that sort of yeah. thing, so... Free DLCs and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I mean, they're, they're definitely trying to right that wrong, which, I, yeah. you know, it's better than not doing anything, right? Street Fighter Six is a game that we are both excited for. We've been excited about as they keep dropping different trailers. This one in particular that they showed, um, I it looked like they had, like, a bunch of new characters I've not seen before. And I have Street Fighter Five. I didn't recognize any of those, those characters that they were showcasing in the trailer. I was thinking it looked kind of like Tekken. A little bit. And not too much, though. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, but it's not a good a little bit. It, you know what? You're saying that because of the DJ character. Because the DJ character Maybe. looks kind of like the Brazilian jiu-jitsu character from Tekken which was actually one yeah, of the characters I enjoyed playing in the, the previous Tekken titles. But he has the same color scheme, the dreads, you know, kind of like, all, you know, he's real nimble and, and agile and stuff. I think that's probably what kind of kickstarted your brain to think Tekken. Possibly. Or maybe it was a lot of the, um, like, you know, when, when you hit somebody in Tekken, how different characters have just different contact sure. uh, animations or sparks or whatever they are. And I, I haven't played a, a ton of Street Fighter, so I don't know when or if they introduced that any time before. They have, yeah. This one. Um, but when I saw that, it reminded me also of, of Tekken. Gotcha. Yeah. Fair enough, Steve. They also had a Suicide Squad trailer, which was fun to see yes. once again, um, seeing the, the, the gameplay of that. Um, I cannot, again, I cannot wait for that game to come out. And... I don't know if we talked about it on the, the program or not in the past, but the, uh, the Rocksteady studio founders left Rocksteady this year. Sefton Hill and uh, Mr. I want to say his last name is King. Um, anyway, the two founders of Rocksteady uh, like, shocked me like because Suicide Squad hadn't even been released yet. Apparently, they're off to uh, a new venture in the gaming world. It mm. sounds like they are going to start up a, a new studio or something. But Interesting. This is kind of their... You know, the last uh, Batman game as we know it that they are going to be touching. And and I loved how at the end of that trailer, they said, thank you, Kevin. Yes. Um, and it sounds weird to say, but I think with his passing, that's really going to make garner a lot of more interest sure. for the game. Like I, no one who has ever watched or, uh, you know, the, the animated series or played some of the, the, the Batman Arkham games is going to pass this up. Right. And if if anything, they're going to play it on day one. I know I want to play it on day oh, one. Oh, yeah. I want to, you know, I, mm, I don't know if I'd be paying my respects if I didn't. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Well, and I honestly, I didn't know that Kevin Conroy was going to be in Suicide Squad. I didn't, yeah. I, you know, I was wondering if Batman was going to be in it just because we've been getting little drops of like, the flash or, right. or like Superman was in the last big trailer. We were like, right. Whoa, right. you know, so we started to understand just kind of what the suicide squad was up against. And so, yeah, it makes sense that Batman's in it, but yeah, I, I, uh, I definitely am going to be picking that game up. That's going to be again. And I think that game's come out in 2023. So like, yeah. I think 2023, if we can believe the release dates will be a banner year in terms of like just a sheer volume of games that need to come out already. 
That's about all the ones I had as a highlight on my particular list there, Steve. What about Crime Boss? Okay, so Crime Boss, I'm not too sure about because you, 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 you're watching the trailer and it's obvious that the big selling point is, hey, we've hired all these well-known movie actors from Hollywood to play these characters in a video game. The video game itself is still 3D animation. It's not like we're, we're taking video film footage of these actors doing their thing, but we are taking their likenesses and, and basically making like a GTA, but with actual actors in it. I don't know what to think about it. I think that for me personally, the jury is still out. I think that, that the, the, the cast is fantastic. I'm fans of everybody who is in the game. I just don't know if the game itself is going to be good. I'm curious about it. Um, I mean, it looks kind of like a spinoff maybe of GTA possibly. I mean, dude, it, it like it had some serious GTA vibes and I don't think, <laughs> I don't think rockstar games is associated with that at all. Yeah. I, I think that they are, I mean, even that that final art shot of like you know, like kind of like the yeah. the movie poster, so to speak. I mean, it was like pretty GTA <laughs> art style, art yeah. direction. You know what I mean? It was. Uh, and what kind of boggles my mind too is I think Crime Boss was a mobile game, and I could be wrong. I I, I swear I've seen like advertisements on my Facebook pop up like, "Hey, Crime Boss," and you're like this dude who's nothing, and he, he just you know, becomes wealthy and uber known and build whatever. your empire. Build your exactly. Yeah. Anyway, I hope the two aren't linked. I hope this just um, separate. Yeah, exactly. One last note I did put was um, at the end when the uh, From Software mm. team was accepting their award for for yeah. Game of the Year. Um, you had this weird kid that was up on stage. Yeah. I saw I saw him walk down the aisle as the actual From Software team folks were walking down. I'm thinking, yeah, it seems like kind of an like an odd duck to be associated with From Software. Like, but okay, whatever, sure, yeah. you know, whatever. I'm not going to pass judgment. He's and he's standing up there behind them and letting and they're, do their they're, thing. And they're and they're not looking at him really. Like, no, I mean, I they, mean like like maybe a side he looks look. Like, but. He looks like he belongs, right? I mean, like it'd be one thing if like if they're all kind of looking like, who are you? You know, then it's like, eh, I think he needs to get off the stage. But I mean, it just kind of organically did its thing. And um, you know, he's some rando dude. He got arrested. He did. He got yeah. arrested and good because it's like no like, here's the deal. Like he he kind of robbed the moment from the folks at from software and that's not cool. Like they have invested years of their lives making this game. There's no guarantee that the game will be a hit or even a smash hit the way Elden ring has let them have their two minutes just basking in the spotlight. And like the stupid kid goes out there and even what he had to say made no sense. He's like, I want to thank my rabbi Bill Clinton for something. Or I'm like, uh, yeah, what are you doing? Dude he just wants his 15 minutes of fame. And, then, he, and 15 then seconds of 15, fame. Well, that's at the saying. Is <laughs> I'm going to be minutes. up here for a while. So just get comfortable. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, he's going to make like a TikTok or something. And you're like, oh, I'm the guy who did this. And then he's going to do it. I mean, nowadays it's for everything's for views. And I mean, it's 15 minutes of fame kind of because seconds of fame, Steve, but everybody afterwards is still talking about it like us. And so it's giving him more attention. I'm bringing it up though, not because I want to give him attention, but just because that needs to stop. Like we're seeing this, this isn't limited to the game awards. We're actually seeing a trend occur where, and, and it's, it's always with, the younger generation, like the 20 somethings, the Gen Z, where they feel compelled to like rush the stage, whether it's a comedian or it's at the game awards or like other things too. And it's just like, okay, there's a certain level of decorum and social etiquette, right? Like, like, that's not cool. No one looks at that and goes, oh man, that person. I want to be that guy. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> no, you look like you belong in a mental institution. Like what, what are you doing? Um, and it's, it's disrespectful. It's just not cool. And I, my thing is I, I wanted to bring it up just because um, I just wanted to be able to, to express that point of view in the sense that like, Hey, you know, <laughs> this, this is not something that needs to, 
stay and remain as like a long-term kind of thing. It's not funny. It's not cool. You're not brave by doing it. It's actually a, a pretty kind of, dare I say, douchey thing to do. You know what should have happened to us? What? Is there should have been like a, what was that? The the footballer, uh, what was his name? He was, um, I think it was Terry Tate. <laughs> yeah. From the Reebok commercials. From the Reebok oh, commercials. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. He should have been like, hey, my, my rabbi, blah, blah, blah. And then, blah. Yeah. You know, that, that should have been where train's coming. Like points at him. <laughs> I'll see you, Elden Ring. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, can you imagine? That would that would just be oh, man. topical. Oh, fantastic. Jeez. Did you have any final thoughts about the show, Steve? Uh well, <laughs> yes. And I mean, I didn't I think I've said everything. I don't know. I, I really hope they well get more security. Uh, <laughs> actually, did you notice like all I, those black suits come up? Like they have security. They were like six guys that like storm yeah, the stage. I, I had to rewind it, uh, to see, I didn't see it in the beginning, but I was like, what the guys say? Like yeah. rewind it. And then I, yeah. Um, so I, I think the show needs to be, I, I said this, I think last year, I think it needs to be like tighter mm. in a way. I think there's too much of, hey, we we're talking about games, and so here's a bunch of stuff, and it's all good, but it almost seems unbalanced where I like everything they do, but like there's too much of, hey, here's a rush of awards, and this one, and this one, and this one, and this one, and now here's some music, or now here's a yeah. world premiere, and now here's a, you know, Crash Bandicoot, something rather, and you're like... There wasn't, I wanted to give recognition to people who have spent their livelihood working on these games. And, you know, a few people said that, you know, COVID hit and they had loss and, and they, you know, had to work longer hours because they couldn't be in the office. And, and then here we are just rushing through it. And I just really wanted to see the individuals who were working on uh, these games. Uh-huh. Uh, so I can match a face with like a name and a credit screen somewhere. Sure. Yeah. And uh, we, you know, I kind of barely got that. Um, and the, and the show is really long. Yeah. I mean, I think it was like three hours or something. I don't know how long it was exactly, but no, it, it definitely took a while. Um, I do think for all, for my side of things that I, for one, would like to be able to see more folks who are part of the game development community be the ones to present awards. Like we saw that a couple of, of times. That's a cool idea. But yeah, I mean, it's like, it's, it's no different than the Oscars, right? Like you have different actors or directors, whoever um, you, who, you know, they have a little teleprompter spiel they give and then they, they're like, the ones who give the, the actual award away. Like, let's say for example, we mentioned Red Dead earlier. What mm. if the voice actor, yeah. I forgot his name, who was Arthur came up and. Yeah. I mean, and, and that kind of thing is a perfect opportunity too. Like to your point, like for voice actors who can go up there, they can like just riff a couple of lines from like a a favorite character from a game that will instantaneously generate interest from all the viewers are like, Oh, that's great. That person did the whatever, you know, like, like that kind of stuff would be a lot of fun. So tweet old Jeff tonight, that idea that way, Jeff doesn't have to be the one who's always. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, the guy needs a break. I mean, like, like the poor guy is like having to like try and maintain this level of energy throughout the whole entire thing. And he does. He, I mean, yeah, he, he, he definitely has, um, a lot of energy to spare, which is great. I also wanted to commend Sydney Goodman, who um, was kind of like his his uh, um, tag team host and in a his way like pilot on that magic carpet ride. Yeah, well, like she she was there at the beginning, and then she was kind of you know sprinkled throughout a little bit here and there. I. For one, I'm, I'm a big fan of Sydney's. I loved having her on IGN when she was on IGN for a while. And then then she stopped. And I'm not really sure what she's doing these days. But you know, she she's bubbly. She's got the positive energy. She brings like like just a just a great presence to something like the Game Awards. So like looking at stuff like that, I was even thinking about how you know you have other types of well known personalities when it comes to more of the communication side. I mean like. You know, you could have Greg from Kind of Funny perhaps give like an award or two or um, Alana Pierce is another one that people really respect and and enjoy hearing her speak and stuff. Maybe she could give some awards. I mean, there are a lot of, of folks who I think they could draw from 
And ultimately, it would make it more visually interesting. And I think it would flow a lot better, too. It, just, it would feel more cohesive as opposed to, like, it's almost kind of like an arm's length, like, you know, Jeff Keighley's on one side and then, like, you know, the game company people are on the other and it's kind of like, I'm here for my award. Okay. Thank you. know, like I just, I want there to be kind of more of a, a sense of intermingling. Yeah. So I like that idea. Thank you, Steve. That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm where you can enjoy exclusive perks and early access to the show. Not to mention it financially helps us do the podcast. Also, make sure you click on that subscribe button as well as that notification bell. That way you will not miss a single solitary episode of Joygasm that drops once a week each week. And you could do a search for at Joygasm TV on your favorite social media platform of choice. Be all into that Joygasm community and behind the scenes goodness. And last but not least, you could do a search for Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We hope you all have a wonderful week, and we look forward to hanging out with you once more next week.